dealing with somebody else now. Welcome everyone to Dead Talk Live. I'm your host Viz from Walking Dead Now. And tonight it is my honor to welcome Fear the Walking Dead co-executive producer and director of The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead, Michael Satrazimus, to our show. Michael, thank you so much for being with us here tonight. Yeah, thank you. Hi, everybody, and uh, yeah, thanks for uh, hanging out. Absolutely. It is our honor to have you with us. So, you know, uh, we chatted about this just slightly before we went live tonight, but it was released uh, that by the end of August, you guys will sort of get back to work on fear. So what's the status of uh, the shooting schedule and when it's actually may or may not start? Well, I think, you know, fear, fear was at his dead center point. We were right at the mid-season break when, when you know, the COVID had shut us all down. And uh, so, you know, the writers have been writing the rest of the, the back half and getting everything set. And uh, there's no uh, shoot date set yet. But uh, what the office has been involved in and a lot of, you know, the producers and, and every department and the heads of the department are really just trying to place in the protocols, the COVID protocols, and, and to make it a safe environment for us to return, for the cast and the crew to return. So, um, you know, things are looking up and a little bit better and we're, you know, progressively moving forward, but there's uh, nothing's quite set in stone. Um, I do feel like it's getting closer. I'm starting to get excited to to shoot again it's absolutely absolutely I love creating, so it's uh it's time oh know? yeah oh yeah is there going to be like a sort of a skeleton crew uh more than normal because of covid or is it going to be a full staff i mean it, it's a full staff and you know and there will be some additionals you know i mean we're going to have to clean everything you know we'll have you know covid people and an epidemiologist person, you know I mean, involved constantly on set and, and in the prep of, of everything. So I think it's, it's, uh, it's actually going to end up being more than, than less, you know I mean? It's, yeah. it's, uh, it's a brave new world right now. And, and we, you know, we intend on, on, you know, shooting and, uh, but it has to be done safely and it has to be in a safe environment for everybody. And absolutely. And uh, absolutely. the show's not a small show. It's not a, mm-hmm. a two person talking talking over the dinner table so it's not necessarily you know it's not one of those things you can really scale down too much that's that's you're absolutely right safety comes first and guys as you saw just before we went live uh a new trailer dropped for fear of the walking dead within the last 24 hours with lenny james who plays morgan on the show uh that looks really good michael i look creepy scary good i know you can't comment much on it but as a producer on the show do they tell you ahead of time when they're going to drop these teasers yeah sometimes i know and since some sometimes i don't uh, you know i mean i i did get a little bit of this advanced artwork to, to take a peek at it because of the excitement around it you uh-huh. know i mean it and uh but it very much i will just say it, it very much visually describes the emotional content of this season we're we're going dark you know yeah. and i think uh, i think it'll be very exciting you know last season really set this season up really well uh, you know with all of the hope and the loss of hope and we're going to start off with everyone separated you know and 
in, in Virginia's, you know, encampments and mm-hmm. kind of indentured servitude. And there's, you know, there's, it's, it's a, it's a dark place. Oh, you know, there's, there's not a lot of hope right now for anybody. And, uh, and I think, uh, you know, these, these stories in the structure of the new season, you know, being more of a kind of an anthology where we get a deeper dive with these characters and get to really, really, really dig deep into their mindset and the division between everybody, I think is really, really going to be special. I mean, it, these episodes so far, the first eight were really feel fantastic. I mean, I, I've had a ball. I can't wait. I can't wait. So let's take it all the way to back to the beginning, Michael. Okay. You've been with the walking dead since the very beginning. I've been saying that since you've been announced on our show, uh, you started out as a count, a camera operator and have worked your way all the way up to executive co-executive producer on fear of the walking dead. Now, going back to the beginning, 2010 is when it premiered. Just out of curiosity, uh, did shooting also happen in 2010 or did it start in 2009? It was 2000 and 2009. Okay. Now, when you guys were shooting that first season of The Walking Dead, uh, explain to us the atmosphere on the set. Was there excitement or was there a lot of uncertainty on how to present this new show to the audience. From a production standpoint, uh, were you guys like really confident in the way you were presenting the episodes that we got in the first season? Or was there just a lot of holding your breath and waiting for the premiere and hope that it gets a good reception? You know, listen, it's majorly mixed results in the answer to this uh, comment. I, you know, I think, like Darabont came out in the pilot and 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 made it something beautiful, and everyone knew that filmically and story-wise, the, they're a much bigger story. I mean, The Walking mm-hmm. Dead really isn't about zombies. No, you know, not you know. I mean, I think in in a deeper level, it's just humanity and playing with evolution, and you know, all, all of these major themes that you know are really important, even right now with the way the world is. And, uh, and that was, you know, that bigger time. I and mean, we could all feel that, you know, and I think yeah. we we got a lot of like-minded eyes, you know. I mean, I remember the Bernthal and, you know, and and uh, and Sarah Wayne Callies and, and Andy and Norman and, the, you know, the, those first seasons and Steven and, you know, we all kind of looked at each other and went like, holy shit, this is, this is something, you know, this is, this week, maybe there's something here. And, uh, and then the other side of it is, it's a horror genre show. It's never going to do anything. Don't you guys get too excited. If there's any ratings and it gets a second season, you guys will be lucky. You guys are maybe just a little too excited about it. But uh, the excitement one, you know, I mean, it's that we, we all kind of form something. I mean, that's to me, that's it's not. It is one of the most special times because it was before anyone said we were cool and before yeah. anyone said it was special. It was before anyone, you know, looked, we looked around at each other, you know, and uh, and went, holy shit, the right people, all the right people are here. You know, you could just feel that in the from the creative aspect, in that present second moment, that creative moment where things became amplified and bigger than life. I mean, I remember Melissa McBride kind of playing in the background for – forever and then all of a sudden having seen that man i'm just crying you know i mean i feel like i cried in the you know in the eyepiece jeffrey demand when he died i cr- you know, cried in the eyepiece you know i mean I, it's uh and so we knew you know i mean we got a little too 
Excited. I don't even know if I should say anything. No, it's okay. I'm saying, you know, at the beginning, like uh, I remember <laughs> Andy and Bernthal coming over to me and saying, like, Les, why are we cutting at this point? You know, like I don't, I don't know if we, you know, like why don't I just rail, run over there and choke him out? And I said, listen, I just won't cut. I'll just keep following you with the camera. You know, and we got, we were that excited. We were going rogue, and it's not, you know, not a precedent that continued throughout things, and it's not the way film. Making this at its best moment, but we were that excited, and uh, you know we didn't cut. We just ran over, and they kept, you know, grabbing people and, and you choking could, them out. And you could say, you know, The Walking Dead has set a new precedence uh, for TV moving forward. You can make a really good argument for that. So after three years of being a camera operator on the show, in 2013, you make the jump to director of photography, and then a, a year later, you direct. Same year. The same year. Okay, yeah. yeah. You direct your very first episode, The Grove, which to date is one of the most iconic episodes in the Walking Dead universe, where Lizzie kills her little sister Mika, and Carol is tasked with having to put Lizzie down. Now, first off, congratulations on an amazing job on that episode. Uh oh. One of, one of the episodes that will go down in the Walking Dead universe as one of the top five most iconic episodes in the series. So congratulations, you did an amazing job. Now, explain to us the process that led to you getting the job of directing that episode, but also it being your directorial debut. Yeah, I, you know, look... Uh process to getting the, the opportunity to direct was you know kind of came through a bunch of people some of the actors talked about it I did express interest after I heard that they were talking about it uh, you know Galen Hurd was was helping push for it and then it ended up being the same season that Scott Gimple took over mm -hmm. and Scott wrote that episode and I don't know why he chose me for that episode and gave it to me I mean it was still to this date, probably single-handedly the greatest gift I've ever been given. I mean, that story, that script is, is fantastic. Phenomenal. And amazing. And, uh, you know, to have, you know, Chad and Melissa and Brighton and Kyla, you know, in this kind of bottle moment where we could really get together and really work through, you know, a fantastic script and all of the em emotional beats was, you know, something special. And, uh, you know, at that point in time, I already knew what Melissa could do. I'd been seeing it for, <laughs> for years, you know, so it's really just trying to create the atmosphere to, you know, to make it, to make it work. I mean, you know, we had the cool smoking zombies and then, you know, it was yeah. the girls, but yeah. both of them were so bright and you could sit and talk about humanity and the emotions they needed involved and the, the importance of their death. You know, like it was that the nervousness for me was going in with these girls and such heavy content. And how to make sure I wasn't, you know, pushing them too far, and uh, and making it, you know, making it fun, but still nailing the episode and you know, and the emotional content. So. And nailing it is the perfect word because you nailed that episode. Now dealing with Lizzie, who was played by Brighton Charbonneau, and then with Mika. Now you're dealing with children at the time, okay? Brighton, I think, just turned 18 a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they were both nine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was crazy, but they were both very, 
very intelligent nine-year-olds. I wouldn't say, you know, I mean, you can't say they were like young adults already. They're just very in intelligent. And I made a point in prep to, to spend a lot of time with them and to work through all of the points in the script that were necessary. Um, I did, you know, I did, I did little things like, you know, I tried Kyla, uh, I didn't make her wear all the blood, you know, we VFX blood on and things like that. Just so she didn't, you know, have to lay on the ground herself and, and have, you know, but I did a little close up shot and I put a dot on her cheek, but you know, and then in between, for in between cut and action, I tried to keep it light, you know, and just screw around with them. And, uh, but uh, it was, you know, it was intense, but they were both game. And I mean, they, I thought they did fantastic. Oh, wow. I mean, so, so Brighton knowing what was going to happen during that episode and that Carol, will, uh, Melissa McBride was going to have to put her down as a nine-year-old, I have three children on my own. I know at that point, they're still, like you said, they're young. They don't fully, did she fully comprehend the scope of what she was going to act out on the screen? I don't know. I mean, I, you know, listen, I, I, you know, I, I think at nine, nine, you don't contemplate a death. You don't contemplate your own death. You've had very few people, hopefully nobody yet in your life that yeah. you cared about died. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, I think in the world of make believe and that's what you make believe. I think, you know, some child actors really like to, you know, have a, be tested and have a part of, of the extremities. They don't want to just be that smiley Barbie doll. And uh, you know, that, that they have a capacity to, to make believe in, in more adult situations. I don't know whether they're comprehending exactly what it means because they don't really have any point of reference for it. But, uh, I would say both of them. I mean, I decided at that point that evolution was going to push girls way ahead of of, of men, yeah. just because having conversations with them in prep and talking to them, then their understanding of all these things. I was trying to delicately mouse around, and they were like, "Oh yeah, I understand. My death is important because of you know, and, you know, it's just your humanity." And you know, they were using some some big scope words that were their parents. They were both sweet enough to just drop them off. Yeah. And I was like, "Do you want to sit here?" And you know, while we're doing this, and they're like, "No, this, you know, the girls can handle it." But they really could. That's awesome. So, uh, That's you know, awesome. evolution is is moving ahead. Now, going to the the last uh, big player, or the second to last big, well, the first one, the next one was Tyrese, of course. But Carol, Melissa McBride, did she have any reservations to? I mean, we know it's all make pretend and fiction on TV, but to killing a child on the screen. Uh, did she express any reservation about that in any way? Not, not, not by the time we were prepping. You know, I mean, I, I'm sure that long before I was talking to Melissa about the episode, Scott had called her up. I mean, you know, Scott had told me at some point that this would maybe the the only episode ever in the history of The Walking Dead that doesn't end up airing because it may wow. be too maybe too intense. And he, you know, he said, just realize that there might be. You know, a situation where you know this doesn't just doesn't even make it. Wow. Um, you know, so I know that you know, if being you know, you have to communicate in advance with some of those things. But you know, when when Melissa arrives on set or into prep, uh, she's ready to go. She just is. It's yeah. just the way it is. I mean, yeah. you know, most of the time, the only thing I have to do is 
say action and keep her from laughing too much, <laughs> cracking up before intense situations, you know, like, you know, I'm going to roll now, you know, you got to stop laughing, you know, this gun's going to get slid, you're going to slide that gun across the table. So, well, it's, it's amazing hearing that and then how she just flips once you say action into the, you know, the, the Carol role and her crying and just, oh, it's amazing. Yeah, Never, I mean, I've you know worked with a lot of actors. I've never seen um, anyone who wears that many available emotions uh, on their sleeves at all times. I mean, she's she is ready. You know, I mean, I, she was. It's it's pretty it's pretty amazing. That's fan. That's fantastic. Yeah. So we're going to be uh, doing in between my questions. We're going to be taking in some viewer questions as well. So the first viewer question is from Diana on YouTube. And Diana wants to know, if you could be a character in the entire Walking Dead universe, who would you be and why? That's a hard one. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's hard not to want to be one of the most the amazing, super amazing actors. But, you know, I, I, I think I just because I am a goofball, <laughs> um, I would go with somebody like Eugene. I think it would just that dialogue and. You know the impossibility of being able to land it. I think he's a you know he's such a complex and an amazing character. Uh, you know probably 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 that. You know. Yeah, yeah, and I can totally see that. Josh McDermott, brilliant, brilliant at portraying uh, Eugene. So let's move over now to let's see. You directed season six, episode eleven, knots on tie. That is our introduction to the Hilltop community with Jesus and where Rick Grimes arguably makes one of his character's worst decisions by agreeing to kill this unknown group of people called the Saviors led by someone called Negan. Okay, now walk us through the scene where you're directing and they're all in Gregory's office, okay, and that fateful decision is made by Andrew, by Rick. Uh, how many takes did it take for the cast to achieve your vision on a scene that you knew would be crucial to the story moving forward? Well, I think, you know, to tell you the truth, a, a lot of the times they have it in one. You can't possibly get everybody in one and get all the coverage in all of it, but... We rehearse most of those pivotal scenes, those big wind-ups, those kind of things. They they come in ready to go, and we rehearse it until it feels like the truth, and kind of nail you know everything. And uh, you know most of the time when the, you know those big groups, I've already blocked out where everybody needs to be for pieces of coverage. It takes hours to shoot, and it takes a bunch of takes for different things. You know you might find things, and you know with with uh, with Andy, you know you let him go the first couple. And because he gets big, and then uh, and then you let him have a couple just for fun, and uh, you know half the time really, uh, uh, sometimes you just want to see it again. You want to feel it one more time. I mean, you know, on on set you, you get you get that firsthand all the, all those emotions, and it feels amazing. It's hard not to, you know, if you have the time, not to just see what happens if you go one more time and just let you know. Let them go. Let them, just, let them be free. Just, yeah, yeah, let them yeah. go. Uh, I could totally yeah. understand that. Uh, so now, moving on. You directed the mid-season finales for season six, seven, eight, and nine of The Walking Dead, amongst others. But 
and you also directed the mid-season premiere of this current season, season 10. Okay, now two questions regarding two of those episodes. The first question is, what were your feelings in directing the episode titled How It's Gotta Be, that is the mid-season finale of season 8, where it's revealed that a huge fan favorite, Carl Grimes, has been bitten by a walker and that we were going to lose him. What emotions went through you knowing that we're going to lose a huge fan favorite? Yeah, uh, well, I mean, listen, because I've been there from the very beginning, first thing that goes through me is I'm going to lose a friend and I'm going to lose a family member. I mean, that's that's what, you know, what it feels like. Uh, it's one of the, the odd things about the beginning of the show when we started killing off people that I love to work with. And, and you don't know in advance. It's not like we know at the beginning of a season this is going to happen. Only, you know, only a few people mm-hmm. know that kind of thing. You get your script and that's when you find out. Maybe if you're part of the family like I was, I might know slightly in advance. But not, you know, they just don't want that information out until the actor is going to get the information. So, yeah. um, uh, but the I didn't, I haven't been on anything for this length of time. So you, 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 it's the personal loss that you feel the most. I mean, as a fan of the show, of course, but you know, I'm the human being first and foremost. Exactly. So it's losing a friend, and you feel this real sense of loss at the beginning. Like, well, I'm not going to see him again. All these other things, and then you. You do see them again. You go to the weddings. You, see, you know, they have children. You go by their house. Um, but you know, Chandler was. You know, I remember him as like a little tiny kid. He grew up and with I you in a way. Watched him grow up and go into his teens, and and you know, watch him become an actor. Watch him watch the you know the, the all of the Andy and Bertha and all being these scenes with Norman and all you know all these strong male actors and and him really kind of grow into you know that that whole thing, you know what I mean? And uh, so uh, the first thing is, you know, what a, what a bummer, um, you know? Yeah, We're gonna, yeah. gonna, um, gonna lose Chandler. And then secondly, the big thing is, you know, I'm directing this episode, I better do it right. I better really do it right. And I better, and I owe it to him. Not that I don't try, because I, you know, I try as hard as I can for any episode I'm doing, but you definitely feel a, a major responsibility to, to nailing it, you know, yeah, to, and to yeah. sending him off with everything he's got. And, uh, you know, so it was, it was to hero him up, you know, that whole march through, you know, the, the, the uh, Alexandria was getting blown up. And then, and then that last horrible, you know, <laughs> bit in the tunnel. And, you know, and I wanted to end with that one dolly shot at the end of the episode that pulls all the way down and you used to see him kind of yeah, yeah. shrinking, getting smaller, you know, representing what was happening to him. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's very emotional for all of us when you lose a character. It's very personal for all of us when you lose a character. There's so many of us that, that have been there from the very beginning and, you know, and have watched every one of these scenes and all of these characters and been there and, you know, and spent all of this creative time. It's very special, and you have a very close bond to to everyone. And losing somebody, it does feel like a, a, a tragic loss. It, you know, absolutely. And then you, absolutely. And then you see him, you see him again later, and it's okay. <laughs> absolutely, and you nailed that episode. And my favorite scene in that episode is when Carl is standing on top of the wall, and he's talking to J.D. Morgan. Okay. Yeah. And he tells uh, Negan, kill me, 
you know, and Negan, the look on Chandler Riggs's face, the look on uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan's face, when he hears uh, Carl tell him that Carl is willing to sacrifice himself for his friends, and we get brief glimpses uh, in season seven and eight of Negan, very brief looks at his humanity. Uh, that is one of them where Chandler is willing to sacrifice himself for his friends. And then we see it again at the end of season eight when Rick is trying to talk him down and he mentions Carl just before Rick slices his throat open. Okay, so I just wanted to let you know that scene where Carl is standing on top of the wall and Negan is down and they're talking to each other. In that episode, the way that was shot the filming, the dialogue, it was just spot on. I loved it. And that is my favorite scene. When I think Jeffrey's bought, you know, especially when Chandler or when when uh, when Carl was still alive, Jeffrey brought this this kind of, you know, this human person, this this persona, this this likeness for for Carl and and really gave at least Negan, you know, some sort of glimpse of what he was before, mm -hmm. you know. Before the apocalypse and before you know the saviors and everything, I thought it was a really—it's a nice insight. And you know, Jeffrey's—you know—his charm always comes. His, per, his personal charm always comes through. And again, yeah, you know, he's amazing. He'll charm your socks off. <laughs> he's amazing. All right, now second question. All right, uh, walk us through the complexities in shooting. What is, in my opinion? one of the scariest episodes of the series, and that is the mid-season nine, mid nine finale, okay? Uh, with the whole, the fog, the cemetery, Tom Payne played Jesus, showing off his fighting skills with the slow motion and him, you know, doing the acrobatic moves uh, and the, all the other creepy sequence of events that happened uh, explain to us the complexities that went and that episode reminds me of the movie the fog john carpenter's the fog uh that's how i love that movie uh that's how awesome it was it was just scary it was a scary was the, art, the, the same exact effects man who did the fog did did uh, did the the fog for for that episode no so. kidding yeah. oh wow i did not know that <laughs> that's a good piece of information right there so yeah. you know uh, i mean i guess working backwards from there because we just mentioned it uh you know tom dying in the episode and then speaking with him you know and he was you know he everyone deals with it so differently <laughs> he was like listen you know he said i don't care i've accepted it i'm good with it all i care about is that you better make me look like a fucking badass before we before I die. You better fucking make me look like a badass before I die. And I went, okay, love it. All right, well, that's you know, if that's his dying wish, well, then uh, you know, then we'll we'll orchestrate that. We'll work, you know, with a stunt performer and we'll get it. He wanted to do all his own stunts and he did every bit of that. All that acrobatic flying stuff. He wasn't even on a rope. He was he bounced off of one of the walkers' knees and did that flip. And that then, was Tom. Yeah, that was Tom. It was all Tom. It was not his stunt man. His you know, stuntman taught him because he works with the fighting, but that is 100% Tom. I, and I've never seen a dude fly like I think he just had so much adrenaline. I you know that one spinning jump where he spins around, and I had it in a pretty wide shot. You know he was way up there. 
you could see him flying. Wow. I never would have so, guessed that Tom did his own stunts. Oh, no. He de- absolutely. Absolutely. No lie, no joke. Um, but, uh, you know, and then I wanted to, I shot, you know, off angles, 172 frames and 124 frames so I could catch the slow motion and then we cut to the, you know, the reciprocal kind of complementary frame, frame going back into 24. And then yeah. that way you could kind of really separate it, slow it down and detail it to, you know, to the extent to, you know, to really, to really give him that, that proper badass moment before, you know, he gets stabbed. Um, well, yeah. I, and then, uh, you know, then going, and now I'll go to the beginning of the script, you know, that it was, it was, it's a classic horror strip, mm-hmm. you know, nothing's happening. There's whispers in the dark. Maybe they're humans. You know, we played a lot with a lot of, you know, old kind of scope ideas and, uh, and, you know, one of the big ones was let's just have it be so foggy. We wanted the cemetery to, you know, in that fight to be so spooky and limited sight distance. So you couldn't see the whispers. You can only hear them. Yeah. So from from that point on, we didn't want it just to be, you couldn't just have it at the cemetery, just magically arrive when they got there. So we were like throughout the, the episode, let's every one of our sets is break out every fog machine on the East Coast and and really try to try to fog, fog the place up. I mean, there were... There were times I'd run, try to run back in from the monitors to give notes and fall all over the place because I couldn't see anything. I didn't know where I was. I was tripping over stuff. You know, I couldn't see the actors sometimes. Wow. You know, you have to like roll and then wait for it to settle so you could actually see something. That's, know, but, am- uh, that's amazing. That, yeah, that you know, I mean, and, and that was that was just really it. It was just trying to keep those slow, you know, just classic, classic or shots, you know. Just that, that slow pacing, that creepy element mm-hmm. that it's all kind of impending doom is crushing in. And I'm and, a, uh, I'm a big know. John Carpenter fan. And, you know, uh, The Fog is one of my favorite movies, the original Fog. And when I was just watching uh, that finale, that mid-season finale, I mean, live, it's not something I have to think about later. It's like, oh, my God, this is The Fog. This is The Fog. And, and we did lose Jesus in that episode and it was just came so unexpectedly. You thought, okay, they got, they took care of the walkers. He's, he's heading out of the cemetery. He's leaving. He just is going to kill one more walker on his way out. The walker ducks slips behind him and knives him in the back. Uh, total surprise. And it shocked a lot of us. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, that was, that was the setup, you know, lose Jesus up to here where you're just excited watching him, you know, do his his martial art tricks and his solid sword play, and uh, and then just gone. I watched this show with my son, and I was, you know, uh, it's our special thing that we do on Sundays: Fear and The Walking Dead. And I always tell him he's 16. I tell him, you know, I've been telling him this for years. There are no happy endings in The Walking Dead. Okay. So he, 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 he's ounces got, of hope. That's yeah, it. Just yeah. ounces of hope just to be dashed little bits out of a time. So now in 2018, you get brought in as co-executive producer of fear of the walking dead. Not only that, but you continue to direct episodes of the walking dead as well. And quite a few of those, uh, and direct Fear the Walking Dead episodes on top of being co-executive producer. You directed this upcoming season six premiere. Is that correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Now, were you approached 
to see if you were interested in taking the job with fear or did they approach you uh, and ask you to go over? Uh, yeah, it was, I mean, I was, uh, you know, Scott, when Scott took over the, you know, the universe, um, <laughs> the franchise, he asked me, he said, you know, listen, we're going to try to do something over on fear and, and uh, you know, for season four and just kind of revamp some things and, and, uh, and work with it, you know, the talented people we have, um, you know, somebody did mention that maybe Lanny was coming over and, and, uh, that was a huge, huge part of it for, for me. I mean, he, you know, he's my brother, he's a family member. And, and, uh, and, uh, I thought it would be exciting. What I didn't know when they asked me to talk to, to Ian and, and Andrew, the, the showrunners was, mm -hmm. uh, what the job was for was only at the end of the interview. You know, I thought they were kind of asking me to just come over and direct a few, you know, maybe the first one and, you know, some of the, you just help with the beginning that, you know, yeah. but by the end of it, I went, they were talking about the atmosphere and the culture and, you know, asking me what, you know, what I th thought I would do if I came over there. And then, uh, and, you know, when I left, I called up and said, hey, what was I just interviewing for? And they went, well, you'd be the producer director over there. I went, oh, okay, cool. Now some of the questions made sense. You know, I wish you guys would have told me that. And they're like, you know, you didn't know. I said, no, no, I didn't, you know, you guys just said, hey, talk to these guys. You might want to come over. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't, you know, tried to reinvent something or, or to try to, you know, re, re, bring my creative, you know, aspects into a show. And, and uh, I really wanted to learn about myself and about mm -hmm. what I could do. And, uh, and that was, it made it really exciting to come, to come over there and, and to see their, you know, be invited into their family. Yes. And to see everything, you know, I mean, and work with, you know, with Kim Dickens, who's an amazing actress. Amazing. And, you know, and Alicia and Coleman and, and uh, Denai. And, you know, I mean, it's, uh, it's been great, you know, to now to watch Coleman start directing and be a part of that and help him out there. And, and uh, you know, even though he's done, he's done really fantastic. Ruben uh, Blades is also legendary you know, as well. Came back. You know, he wasn't there in four, but he's yeah. Ruben back over. He's a, he's a beast too. Yeah. I love working with him. He's you know the guy's he's kind of sneaky. He's, he's a full on movie star. You know, yeah, he so is. much. Yeah, he is a legend. So as I previously previously stated, you went over to Fear. You directed, uh, became co executive producer, but you also took you also continued directing select episodes of The Walking Dead. Now, same question again about a slightly different topic. When you accepted the job to go to Fear, uh, did Scott or anyone else say, okay, great, congratulations, you're, you know, you're a producer now on Fear. We, can you, do you still mind coming over to Georgia every now and again and directing several episodes of The Walking Dead? How did that, to no, keep no, doing nobody, both. How did that come had, about? No, nobody had to ask. I mean, that's you know, that's the show that made me, and that's my family. Um, I was not going to not come back. You know, I mean, no. it was always the intention was if there's if there's free time, I'm gonna I'm gonna come back. You know, and uh, so I, I did, and because of the way the seasons work, you know, there was there's there's an opportunity to. Uh, you know, to at least squeeze those two in, it makes for a very, very, very busy year to to do two. And there, you know, and Angela's been really nice enough to to allow me to kind of place them in a row mm -hmm. rather than taking 
you know, time off so I can try to squeeze some recovery time in between, <laughs> in between a little bit of it. But, uh, you know, that's, it's, it was never a question of, of, of leaving. Okay. So, I mean, did they tell you in advance, Hey, we want you to direct like the season 10 mid season premiere. Like, you know, they, they made it a point to say, Michael, yeah. we want yeah, you. I mean, they, you know, they, they want me on one of the, one of the bigger ones, you know, at least. And then, and then the, you know, the next one, I mean, I, I thought, I thought this season's, you know, the episode that, uh, that I had after the, the mid season premiere mm. was, was pretty, was pretty big on its own. Yeah. You know, it was massive. So, you know, uh, in the beginning of that battle was, was pretty big too. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't know if that's planned or, or not, you know, but, but, you know, Angela definitely asked me to, to do squeeze, to do the, the cave. Now here's a, here's a question I actually didn't have, you know, was planning for, but we know, we all know how much Greg Nicotero loves to direct premieres, finales, and so on. Do you guys like flip a coin? Like when it came to six, seven, eight, you know, nine and the 10 premiere, uh, between you and Greg, or did you guys talk no, about? No, there's there's four big ones. There's one, eight, nine, sixteen, and Greg would love to do them all, but you can't do eight and nine because you can't prep. You know, I mean, you can't prep and direct. You, yeah. They're back to back. So, so luckily, there's there's another big one. There's another big one. Um, you know, for me. So I've always gotten you know. That the other the other one of the big fours. That's awesome, awesome. I mean, besides Greg and yourself, uh, the other famous director from The Walking Dead would have to be next line would have to be Rosemary, uh, Rosemary Rodriguez, who also does amazing work in her directing as well. So, as a fan of The Walking Dead universe, um, you know, Fear of the Walking Dead made a huge turnaround starting with season four. This is my opinion, and as well as a lot of other people's opinion. That same year that you came on board with uh, Lenny James, who plays Morgan. Fear of the Walking Dead was good, but it was taken to a completely new level starting in season four. Now, how closely did you and the other producers work with the writers as a team to bring about that change? Uh, a lot of new characters were brought in. We lost a lot of characters. So how closely did the producers work with the writers in really coming together with a game plan on making that happen? Well, our showrunner executive producers are the head writers. So it was a plan, you know, from the from the beginning, even before I got asked to, to, to come over. I'm sure for what they're what they were intending on doing, and then I also think you know, in in television, the cool thing is is a lot of it is organic. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's that's the neat thing you find is a, a character might come in that wasn't going to have a, a big arc, and uh, you find out that that they're an amazing actor or actress, and and their and their scenes resonate, and all of a sudden, two episodes from now they're they're back in it and they're growing and their contracts get extended. So you know, I don't. I don't really know as far as is all of all of that, you know. I mean, uh, it, I, I would, but I will say that Fear was a was a very good show, and it was, it was. just they were looking for a different a different direction. Exactly. And what I tell my viewers is, a lot of them started Fear and they stopped. A lot of them have never even given it a chance. And I go, guys, listen, it's an amazing show. Just 
I tell everyone one rule. When you're watching Fear, don't use the Walking Dead as a measuring stick. Uh, you gotta, you gotta judge Fear on its own merits as its own show. Okay. Yeah. And if you do that and not judge it against the Walking Dead, which, you know, if you go into Fear expecting the Walking Dead Part 2, you're probably going to come out, no matter what they give you, disappointed. If, but if you judge it on its own merits, it's an amazing show. And it just yeah. got even better uh, with the slew of new characters that were brought in in season four, with you going over there at the same time Lenny James went over there. It has, like I said earlier, been brought to a whole new level. Now, so, now, now Austin Emilio's over there. Do exactly. And we're getting Sherry uh, as well this season. Exactly, exactly. So let's go on to another viewer question. This is from Kimmy121964 on Instagram. Kimmy wants to know, is it hard keeping the storylines from the two shows separate? Uh, I mean, I, I guess she means from uh, a directorial point of view, even as a producer, trying Maybe to... Not the yeah, maybe not the storylines. I will tell you the thing that I had trouble with after a little while. I was re I read the comics on The Walking Dead, and then we'd be shooting. And when they deviated so much, I stopped reading the comics because I, I had things in my head that we weren't shooting. I, was yeah. like, I know we didn't shoot that. That's not real. And, you know, so I, I stopped doing that just so I didn't have the confusion. You know, mm -hmm. um, you know, I think the, the, the thing that was important, and it's important for all three shows, is that they are they are genuinely different. They are different stories. They're meant to be different. They are not meant, just like you said, to be, you know, a, an A, a B, a C, or a part one, part two, part three scenario. Um, they are meant to be uniquely different stories in the apocalypse. And that's something that I always have to keep in mind when I go back and forth. Yeah. Is to not just repeat the same thing, the same way I'm shooting, the same style, the same, you know, sort of language, gotcha. shooting language, um, you know, because they, they, I can't just, you know, hop over and, and do the same exact thing. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, regarding fear, were there any storyline ideas that never really came to pass in seasons four or five that you guys were really seriously considering, but maybe were ditched last minute for one reason or another? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, half the time a story line ideas are ditched because they're unaffordable <laughs> you know, I mean, just, just to be honest with you you know i mean like a lot of great ideas have been like well if you want to get rid of four episodes you can you can do this this story you know so uh but yeah none that i can talk about i mean that's, okay gotcha gotcha fair enough now uh being a part of the walking dead from the very beginning uh character wise okay not actors but character wise which were the hardest characters for you to say goodbye to? Um, okay, you know, I mean, I guess, you know, like, Bernthal, obviously, Shane, mm -hmm. because it was the beginning, and, and we just weren't prepared. You know, I mean, Jeffrey DeMond, you know, I just wasn't ready to, to lose friends, especially those were the OGs. These are the ones that we looked around and went like, hey, you know what, we can do, let's go, let's go. Let's go, all the right people are here, let's just, Let's raise the bar. Those are the people that, you know, we raised the bar together um, long before anyone was, you know, back there. There weren't millions of people behind us pushing us and propelling us with, you know, everyone, their excitement. It was just us standing in the dirt, you know, looking at each other 
saying like this, this story deserves a 150%. So, you know, that hurt. Um, you know, also because I just wasn't used to, you know, normally if you, you know, if you're shooting a film, you read, you know, you read the script, you know, there's the good guy, the bad guy, the bad guy's going to die. Like, you know, and I don't know if you just don't get more attached to that actor for the reason of it, you know, but it's just not, you don't feel the sense of loss, you know? Yeah. Yeah. One, I, I really felt true senses of loss. So I would say just all the, it's like all the early, you know, characters. I mean, yeah. Steven was super hard, you know I mean? You know, because, because I, you know, I have a great friendship and love yeah. him. And I mean, it's, it's, it, it's, you know, it, it was really, but I think it was, it's more difficult at the, at the beginning. Those, those, all the earlier deaths were a lot harder because, uh, you know, okay. I hadn't seen them again. After a while, when you start seeing everybody still. It's the original like, gang. Okay. It's the original okay. gang. Yeah. So did you oh, yeah. get to see John Barenthal again when he came back for season nine for Rick's finale? I wasn't, I wasn't there, there, but like, you know, I mean, Barenthal and I talk all the time and sometimes they'll just randomly FaceTime me. It's not, you know, okay. Um, we're very, we're, you know, we're all still trying to find ways to work together in the future. Um, you know, it, re it really was such a, a special, you know, sort of combustion that early bits, these are friendships that are last forever. I, I would, you know, I'd do anything for, for those guys. Exactly. And I don't know if and you... I, I expect to work with them again. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if you saw the, uh, like the 2007 the mist uh version of stephen king's the mist uh like a lot of the characters in that show were brought over into the walking dead in the in the in the well that was, yeah, was darabont darabont exactly he brought yeah. them over so i just yeah. you know wanted to make that connection as well now what was the reaction from the cast and crew members of the walking dead when they found out that you were going over to fear like you know your fellow colleagues on uh, the production team the cast Everybody members was cool. I, was, I was worried that people were you know gonna call me names and traitor and this and that and you know but it, i think it's not you know such a family environment none of those things occurred everybody wishes you the best and it's not you know everybody knew that that i you know when i wasn't you know, being a director of photography anymore that i was going to become a full-time director and and eventually I would, uh, you know, there, there weren't going to be enough episodes for me. It's not like I can direct every other one. Exactly. I mean, I tried. I asked. <laughs> but, you know, but it's not, you know what I mean? So I, I think, you know, everybody, <laughs> you know, everybody, uh, you know, luckily Lenny and I were going over. It wasn't just a singular kind of a event, but pe people were very supportive and wish me the best. They understood it was an opportunity, you know, it wasn't. That's awesome. going over to direct. You know, it was going to be another new, a new challenge for me. And and you know, uh, all yeah. the uh, members of the cast or crew that we've had on this show before, they all say the, the same thing. Even if you're on The Walking Dead for one episode, you're part of the family for life. That's how everybody makes you feel on the set. You're a part of the family. And, uh, you know, and you're obviously a huge part of that family. You've been with there since the beginning. And I always love to hear whenever we have a character, whether they stayed for three seasons or one season, however long their time on The Walking Dead lasted for, everyone around them made them feel like family. And I, I think that's awesome. Yeah, yeah well, it, you know, it was, it's, it was an atmosphere. You know, I mean, I think when... When you build an atmosphere like that, where it's going to be a family event, everyone's supportive, 
I think you find that the, you know, the performances are off the next level. The, the respect for each other is, is, is there. And, uh, you know, the show's been a, a lot of true suffering, you know, I mean, a lot yeah. of, about a hundred, hundred degree days, you know, with, within the flat out sun with no shade and, and nothing. And the actors, everyone stayed right on set rehearsing in the background while we were setting up. It was, you know, a true family environment. And I think that kind of becomes in, infectious when you see what that environment, you know, ends up being for everybody. Everyone's so invested. So I think after, you know, wow, it, you, you, you came in your first day, you were, you were part of the family first day, you know? Yeah. I mean, it didn't mean that the actors weren't going to bring it and scare the shit out of them, you know, because, you know, we had some, some, we had some, we had some introductions where I think some of the actors were like, is this real? Am I going to really die? <laughs> so we've heard from multiple people that Andrew Lincoln on the set while he's shooting, he does not break out of his Southern Georgia accent at all while no. on the set. Between takes, he is in character the whole day. No, and then sometimes even when we would talk at night, we'd still be, we'd still be Rick, you know? Wow. And it gets, you know, it's easier for him that way and you know, it's a, after a while you'd forget you had an English accent sometimes. So um, <laughs> yeah. until the season ended, you know, until the season ended, I mean, he, he he stayed very true to to Rick. Now you've been in the the industry since '92 when you started out with my cousin Vinny. Okay, now so you have seen a lot of actors throughout your time. Is that something unique to Andrew uh, staying in form for that long between takes, even after? rapping for the day is that something normal or is that just how dedicated he is to what he was doing it's you know what listen uh, uh it's working with so many different actors that that i that i truly love and think are really talented they all have a completely different process mm -hmm. some of them can't rehearse you know some of them will not give it to you until after you say action so you know some of them will will you know mm -hmm. laugh their way through it and some of them will go 150% so they get out all the energy and then they back off by the time they're rolling. You know, like there's so many ways. I mean, listen, they're all making a, a lie become the truth. Like exactly. and so much so that we all feel the emotions 100%. It, yes. becomes, it really truly becomes the truth. So however you get there, you know, whatever's most comfortable for you to get there, that's just the way you have to use. I think once, you know, I mean, to me, it's kind of magical. If you, once, you, you know, as an actor, I think you find the ability that you can actually do that, you know, you stick with it. And, you know, so um, was Andy at 150% dedicated? Yes. You know, I mean, I just think that's was his method to, to uh, you know, to finding that that character. But, you know, he, he also didn't have to stay there and, and stand in for himself and, yeah. and work through everything and, and, and rehearse in the background and never go into a van to cool off. And, you know, I mean, he, he's... He's uh, he's truly one of a kind at that. Um, he's also extremely generous to all the other actors. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've you know, heard uh, that as well. Always prepare everything. I mean, everything they say, it's one hundred percent true. I mean, he's brilliant. You guys, he's your dream. You know, I mean, he's your dream. Yeah, actor. yeah. He sounds like a uh, a wonderful person. Now, uh, we're almost running out of time, but I do want to get a few questions in. This is my own curiosity from. The start of an episode from when you first say action to the end of an episode when you say it's a wrap for that episode, how much time does it take to film one episode of The Walking Dead? 
Well, the, you know, the, the big four have nine days and the others have eight. And that's, you know, and that's it. And, you know, we had some seasons that were so huge that, uh, you know, there was a there was a season nobody finished with their allotted days. Not one director. They, everybody had to shoot another day somewhere. And it was just, you know, the nature of, of how big things mm-hmm. things were. But that that is that's what we get on on both shows on Fear and and uh, and The Walking Dead. And uh, and that's your job as a director to find a way to 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 complete those. You know, I mean, with the help of of, you know, amazingly talented ADs who put that puzzle, you know, the, it together. Um, and then, you know, crew that bust their, their ass yeah, off. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I mean, it's, it's truly charging the castle every single day, you know? Yeah. I mean, we've had actors on here who say that a particular scene, for example, that famous Negan and Simon uh, scene took two days to film. Uh, just in the complexities in that as well. But, hey, how you guys are able to do an episode in nine days, and then you said four days for the other episodes, uh, that's amazing to me. They, no, 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 no. It's nine, nine days and eight days for n- the other episodes. Nine nine. Day, okay, nine, eight, and eight days. Still, it's a phenomenally short amount of time to fit all that sequence that we see with such great detail into that yeah, short feels, amount of time. It feels short, but I think, you you know, you feel that when you read it and you know that you better prep like you've never prepped before and be beyond organized. And uh, there are so many talented filmmakers and, you know, even on the technical level um, that, uh, you, you know, you really have to really, you have to rely on them and they've always come through. I mean, everybody has always come through and, uh, and things have been even better than you imagined. And I have a really good imagination, so... that's awesome now moving forward obviously we know you're a mainstay on fear and you're going to be staying there for the time you know for you know however long uh do you know if you're directing uh any future episodes of the walking dead like do you know in advance they're giving you x episode yeah i mean there's listen there's so many unknowns right now because we don't know how the seasons are going to run you know, we don't know when we're going to start. We don't know a lot, a lot of things, but you know, I mean, always the goal was 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 to go back there. You know, so my hope is that I can can get back over to The Walking Dead and, and direct this season. It really just depends on when our start dates go and and if there's you know the over the overlap. I mean, exactly. You know, okay. Cool. Now a lot of unknowns. I mean, you know, the main the main thing right now is just to find a way to shoot again. And keep everybody safe. Exactly. That should be the number one priority. Now, we've uh, all heard the word, and you even said the word earlier, of this upcoming season of Fear, Dark. Okay? I believe Jenna Elfman uh, said it in an interview as well. We know it's going to, this upcoming season is going to be done in an anthology style. We're going to get to see more of just the characters, whether they're in pairs or by themselves and so on. So if you, Jenna Elfman has used the word dark, if you had to select a word, a single word, to describe this upcoming season six of Fear of the Walking Dead, what would be your word that you would choose to describe it? Well, she stole my word. (laughs) Can we call Jenna real quick and get her to change her word? I would love to if I had her number. But she, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, she probably wouldn't appreciate it this late at night. <laughs> you know, I, there's, you know, 
It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. That dark, dark said there's a lot of despair. You know, I mean, there's, you know, it's, uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't, you know, one word makes you want to tip, you know, you want to start tipping the, the hat too much. So. Okay. I got you. I got you. You don't have to say a word. Yeah. I think dark, uh, but you would agree with Jenna that dark is a good word for the upcoming season. Yeah. It's an, it's an easy, it's an easy word. <laughs> To not say too much, but to definitely, you know, it's, I mean, it's going to get dark. All right. Let's get to one more viewer question. AZ Gamer on YouTube, I'm sorry, uh, from Instagram, wants to know which fear uh, cast member makes you laugh the most on set? Like, just, you know, cracks you up. Yeah, I mean, I think Alicia cracks me up. I mean, I think we have a lot of. Of, of like-minded you know kind of behavioral problems so. <laughs> <laughs> that's an interesting way to put it <laughs> yeah, yeah you know i think you know i think we're very we're similar in a lot of in a lot of ways so it makes me laugh sometimes when you feel like you see things in yourself yeah in another person so i'll just say i'll leave it at that all right well michael we are out of time thank you so much for being with us this hour just flew by it's been fascinating uh i you know out of this last hour the the one bit of information that has absolutely blown me away is the fact that tom Payne did his own stunts in his final <laughs> that, that i'm blown away by that i gotta be honest you can take that with you I'll, uh, i'm just he, he, and, he, and he did amazing i mean oh, yeah. if you watch that again he looks like he's seven feet off the ground oh you know? my god that's that's amazing anyway michael thank you so much guys thank you so much for joining us tonight and uh taking part in this amazing hour Thank you again to Michael Satrazimus. He is the co-executive producer of Fear of the Walking Dead slash director, also the Walking Dead director. Thank you all. I'll be back on the air again tomorrow night. And until then, guys, remember to stay walking.